Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. You ever heard that saying, cheer up, things could be worse? So I cheered up and things got worse. So I want to minister tonight on the sovereignty of God, the sovereignty of God. Uh, I'll just make a statement real quick and get this over with. If you're bummed out because the person that you voted for might not make it, cheer up anyway. Because if you belong to God, that's what's important. I, I want to begin by this thought with you. In the beginning, God made man and woman, put them in the garden, didn't he? And the Bible said he called their name Adam. In other words, her name was Adam, and his name was Adam. She didn't have a name at that time because when God looked at them, they were one unit. And the Bible said then after she had her child, he named her Eve because that means the mother of living. So if your husband's got a funny name, Thank the Lord, they're not naming you his name anymore. Gave you a new name. But let, let me just make a statement tonight. You know, there are people on both sides of this election was praying to God that their candidate was winning. I was raised in a Democrat family. My father was in politics. He was on the city council, head of the police and the fire department. He was elected. My grandfather was elected. And when I was raised, no matter what ran as a Democrat, they voted for it. If the local dog had ran, they'd have voted that dog in. Because Democrat was the most important thing to those people in my hometown. But see, I want to say something to you. It's okay. Because we know one thing, we can't control who's in the White House. We can do our best, we can vote. But how many knows God's still God? He's a sovereign God. And so don't blame God that God might put the person in the White House that you didn't vote for because God didn't vote. When Adam and Eve was put in the garden, they were perfect, weren't they? they, they God said, it's all yours. Men, you wouldn't have had to work. Women, if you had child, you wouldn't have had pain in childbirth. And God said to Adam and Eve, or at that time, Adam, he said, you, it's all yours but this one tree. And you can have anything you want, but don't touch that tree. So how many knows what God did was give them a choice? He could have set a thing around that tree if he wanted to, invisible, that if they got close to it, it would shock them. They would have backed up. But God did not want to be that kind of God. He wanted them to make decisions to obey him and do his will because he gave them a free will. And so tonight, what we have to understand, no matter what's happening on the earth or what's happening in America or what's happening in your situation, you have a promise if you're a child of God that God will never leave you. He's always with you. He'll always meet your need. So cheer up. Amen. Things could be worse. I was thinking about this today. 
Some of you, you know, you've, there's a big dent in your couch or chair. You haven't moved since they started broadcasting the election. <laughs> and that's okay. But, you know, if you listen to the media very long, you want to move to Canada. I said to Joni last night, I said, should we go back to Africa? <laughs> and so you and I are so easily moved by what's happening to us. Because we believe when we prayed that God was going to do what we wanted him to do. How many knows that's true? And yet, what controls this election is people like the one in your chair and the one that's preaching to you the decisions we made. And somebody wins and somebody loses. Now, one might be better than the other, but that has nothing to do with it. What happens and we don't know who's won yet, but what really happens is whoever wins is because the people voted. But I'm glad tonight that my future don't depend on the White House or doesn't depend upon Congress. But what my life's future is in the hands of Almighty God. And see, Adam and Eve missed that. They had a secure future. They's never going to get sick. They never died. They could walk with God in the morning, the evening, the cool of that day. They had everything they would need, but God gave them a choice. And God wanted them to make a choice to mind him and not do what he said they couldn't do, but they could do everything else. As a result of that, we're, where we're at tonight. God's sovereign. You know what sovereign means? It means he's the supreme authority and so he has supreme power. You know, I remember the first time I got tax return back. Well, it was mean a lot. Back then I was getting paid $25 a week to pastor. I got to live in a house that was slug infested. The church gave it to me, and we get up at night to go to the bathroom, and you, you begin to smash slugs in your feet. <laughs> That's not even my sermon. But uh, God was still in control. You know, there's been times in our ministry in life I made decisions, it was tremendous. I was. Right clicking with what God wanted. I was right where God wanted me to be, and he blessed me. But then there's other times I made a decision on, based on how I felt. And it didn't work out really good. It's like going to a car lot, and your eye sees this beautiful car, and you got to have it. You can't afford it, but you got to have it. Well, how many knows that's called a bad decision? Or you could be like me, when Joni and I got married, we rode the bus everywhere. How many courted your wife or husband on a bus? I did. Didn't matter to me, just as long as she was there, I was happy. And so finally we found this car, I've shared this with you, for $100. 
and it was the rustiest car in all of Indiana. On her side of the floorboard, I've told this before, there was a big hole where the rust had ate through it. The heater didn't work, and it was wintertime in Indiana. Wind chill factor sometimes 20 below zero. But we loved that car because we could afford it, and it was ours. Didn't bank didn't own it. I didn't borrow it. We paid cash. And $100 that many years ago, 55 years ago, big money. I paid big money for that hole in the floorboard and for that heater that didn't work. So we just got a piece of metal and laid it in there so my wife wouldn't drag her. It's, I feel like a Flintstone car. And she'd just pedal all the way down the road because there was a hole over there. So we got a couple of quilts that our family gave us, and we just wrapped our legs, and we had a wonderful time. And you know, we had the shiniest rust in all of Indiana. <laughs> we washed that car. Listen, we washed that car. We wouldn't let dirt be on it. We waxed that car. But one day I got up, and I looked at that old rusty car, and I didn't like it. And now I didn't like it. I wasn't proud of it. I didn't want to wash it anymore or wax it anymore. I wanted to get rid of it. But see, everything's by emotion. How many knows that? In the beginning, I thanked God for the car. In the end, I was praying God to get me another one. And so life is full of emotions. How many know that? And so we're living in a time, it's, it's not a normal time. How many knows this Things are changing fast. What used to be right is now wrong, and what used to be wrong is not right. But I want to tell you something. God's never changed. He's still God. He's still in control of your life. You belong to Him. He still promises to meet your need. He still promises, no matter what you're facing or I'm facing, to give us grace that through those times we will not be defeated but have total victory because God is a sovereign God. Listen to this scripture. These words spoke Jesus when he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is now come to glorify your son, that thy son might glorify you. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to many as ask him. Now, see, that was the total purpose of Christ. Oh, yes, he wanted to heal the sick because God can heal the sick. How many knows that? And he wanted to do miracles. But the total purpose of Jesus coming was that people could be saved. What Adam and Eve didn't what they did and could not change was they disobeyed God and sin entered the world. But the Bible said what the first Adam could not do, the second Adam did. He came and he did not mess up. He always did the will of his father, and he was sinless, and as a result, he died at Calvary that we who have sin could be forgiven of our sin because that's the purpose of God. Say to yourself, cheer up. 
Say to your face, smile. Well, some of you, you didn't have to, but that's all right. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding, just fooling around when I shouldn't. But I'm preaching tonight that we're winners. The local newspaper, no matter what they say, we're winners. When COVID's going full steam or not, we're winners. If God be for us, who can be against us? And so tonight, we need to trust on the sovereignty of God. How many has ever read in the history book a person by the name of Gallio? How many has ever read? He was the first person that said, the earth is not flat, it's round. Now, he's living in a time where everybody thought the earth was flat. And if you sailed the ocean so far, you'd fall off. That'd be the end of the world. But he said, no, that's not right. I'm telling you, the earth is round. You know what they did to him? They said, you're a heretic. And they threw him in prison to later find out he was right. You know, sometimes the world looks at us and thinks we've lost our minds. And for some of us, that was a real blessing. <laughs> I said, some of us. I said, me. You knew. But how many knows tonight that all that matters is, is God is God. It doesn't matter what the pol polars say. They're always wrong anyway when they put the polls out. Who's this? It doesn't matter what the newspaper says. doesn't matter what the television says. It doesn't even matter what the thoughts is put in our minds. What matters is it doesn't matter what's going on in this world. Jesus is coming again. He's prepared a place for us, and we can be happy, and we can be victorious no matter what's going on around us. If God be for me, who can be against me? And so all through the Bible, it's traced just like that, that as a person makes a decision, God helps them. Can you imagine when Jesus went down by the water and they had fished all night and caught nothing? And they knew that you can't fish in the daytime because the fish will see the net and they won't swim in it. And Jesus said, go back out after they cleaned the net. They were going to go home and rest after fishing all night. And he said, drop down the nets for a draw to fish. Nets, N-E-T-S. And the disciples said, at your word, we'll drop down the net, N-E-T. Now, I always wonder what would have happened if they dropped down more than one net. The Bible said when they dropped that net down, their boat began to sink. They had such a catch. They called all the other fishermen to come with your boat, and all the boats were filled. But you know what? That was a wonderful blessing, but they still didn't enter into what they really could have had. They did partially the will of God, but they didn't do totally. They didn't let down the nets. You know, we cannot let the devil rob us of all God has for us. We can get so caught up with what Aunt Willie, Willie, uh, uh, well, she looked like Willie, so they named her Aunt Willie. Uh, 
And Uncle Susie, I'll try to bring this, give men the same shot on this. But it doesn't matter what they say, God's still alive. Doesn't matter what the newspaper prints, our great newspaper, Wednesday, Fridays, and Sundays. It don't matter what they say, if God's for us, we're victorious. And God has promised never to leave us, but be with us. So, I just want to give you one word. Cheer up. You spend a lot of money on your teeth. Show us your teeth. Don't take them out. I said, just show us. Well, I'm trying to get some of you to smile. Y'all got the advantage. See, there's a bunch of you looking at me, and I'm looking at all of you. It's like a dying calf in a hailstorm. See, we're so moved by what's going on. And so many times we forget who we belong to and forget that no matter what we go through, God's still there. When Israel was in bondage, God was there and heard their prayer. And they asked what they did, and he gave it to them. But in spite of being in captivity or being free, God still was God. And I shared with you earlier that there's been times I've made a decision, just felt it, and did it, and God really blessed me. Then I'm sure there's been times that God was stirring me, and, and I reasoned away and didn't do it. Because there's times your senses don't make sense. You can't put God in your senses. He's too big. He's always too big for the situation you're in. And if you and I will look to him, God has victory in everything that's going on. I believe God wants to give us a move of God. I believe God lets, permits things so that you and I can be a part of something bigger than us. When I started preaching, I had three sermons. And all three of them I got off a gospel track. One was you must be born again. You got to realize you're a sinner. Realize because you're sin, you're condemned to die. And you got to realize Jesus is the answer and you need to pray. I preached that one. I had three sermons. So God spoke to me and I've shared this with many of you. And I was in Bible school and he said, write the home church and tell them you want to do revival. And when I tried to reason that out, I thought that'll never work. And so I did it. They asked me to come back. I'm just making this thing short. Uh, they wouldn't back it. They said, you can use the church because your family helped build this church. And, and so the board says, let him use the church, but we're not going to back it. But, you know, I just said, I'm going anyway. So I went home back in Indiana, printed out some flyers, went around the neighborhood, and guess how many people came the first night? Only my family, because they didn't believe I could preach, and they wanted to see it. <laughs> my mother, my dad, my grandmother, my grandfather, and a few aunts and uncles came. Now, I had just gotten saved maybe a year before. 
I was raised in a Methodist church. Um, I never heard the gospel. You've heard my testimony. But one day our pastor retired, and it was such a blessing. He was a good man, but it was a blessing he left. And because he never told us we could be saved, that we could have our sins forgiven. And I'm, I, I'm not against him, but here I am, a young person growing up in the church. And you know what my greatest desire was? To get it old enough to leave home and never go to church again. But back when I was a kid, my rights was if dad said do it, you did it. My dad never negotiated with me. One time he said no, and I tried to say to him, he says, you know what no means, Harry? That means no, I don't want to hear no more. Now if he said yes, I was free. Because when he said yes, he meant it. So anyway, I'm back at the church. I start to preach. And I preach. I never forget that sermon. You must be born again. Now, only my family's there. And I said, I know there's sin here. And you need to come to this altar and give your life to Jesus. And I'm, I'm trying to get somebody to get saved. I mean, I came. I thought I did the will of God. I didn't want to feel like I missed it. So I kept that altar open. And my grandpa came, and I prayed with him. So the word got out in town that I was preaching, and some of the young people that knew me had to come and see if that was really true. Man, now I had the group I wanted. Now I preached my second sermon. Then I preached a third. Now this revival went on for six weeks. God began to move. And we filled that Methodist church with teenagers. They started getting saved. And I was in the Methodist church. The Baptist kids went back and told their pastor. And so the pastor invited me to come and start a revival there. So we moved there. From there, we went to the other Baptist church. From there, we went to the Nazarene church. And so I went back to school and I got a call and said, you got to get on the plane and come back. This thing's broke wide open. Now I'm preaching three sermons. One, two, three, then one again, two, three. That's all I had. But how many knows if you trust God and you do what God says, God helps you to be what you can't be? In the time we're living, this fourth of November of 2020 and they're arguing who's won the election we can get caught up in that and I'm not saying it's wrong if you want to know who wins but I want to tell you you're already a winner you was a winner before you voted you was a winner before they had a candidate if you belong to Jesus Christ and he's in your life it doesn't matter what's going on here in this town, Kingman. It doesn't matter what's going on in Arizona. I want to tell you, God's going to be there with you. He's not going to leave you. The angels of the Lord encamp about you. He's open to your cry. And so we don't have to let our situation bum us out. We can be happy and victorious because we belong to him. How would you like to bend the prophet? And God said, go down to the little lady 
and she's going to give you food till rain comes again. So he goes down there. He meets her. He's excited. He sees her. And he says, uh, God has sent me to you. You got to make me something to eat. And she says to him, but I've only got a little bit of meal in a barrel and a little bit of oil on a cruise, and I'm going to fix a cake for my boy. Me, We're going to die after we eat it. <clears throat> and he says these words to her, make me a cake first. Listen to what I'm saying. Make me a cake first, and the barrel will not waste, neither will the cruise run dry until God sends rain upon the earth again. I believe God said, rejoice in me tonight. Be happy with me. You might not be happy with the election or your husband or your wife, but be happy with me and believe me because at a time when everything looks like it's falling apart, I'm still God. I'm still in control. And I still will bless you. And if you'll do my will, I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance and if I build the church, the gates of hell can't prevail against it. So if you're happy. You dance for the devil, you might as well get happy for Jesus. That wasn't in the sermon. I want to say something to you tonight. It's a good time to be alive. The nation might be falling apart every which way. <coughs> but you belong to him. And that's all matters. You ought to get happy about that. That's all that matters. Because see, when you pray, he still hears you. But if it seems like there's no way, he'll make a way. When the doctor says, I can't do anything else... He can heal you. And if they do raise your taxes, it don't matter. God said, if you'll honor me and bring the tithe to me, I'll bless you. I'll meet every need you have. You don't have to worry. He's not a God that calls you to worry. He's a God that encourages you tonight. And if you will believe him, it doesn't matter what you're going through. This is going to be a great time in your life. How many remember when you were dating? You are no group. Three people remember when it's dating. How many remember the first time he or she, you were together and you were all excited? And you wanted to see the world, but you couldn't even afford a taxi cab, much less see the world. And you had great dreams, but you couldn't afford them. And now that you look back, that was a good day, wasn't it? Good day. Man, when we got married, I was clearing $33 a week for 72 hours. I was working. Six 12-hour days, as well as trying to preach. And we could go to the grocery store, and you know the carts? We could fill two carts with anything we wanted for $20. 20 bucks. 
Hamburger was five pounds for a dollar. And it didn't have additives. It was really good hamburger. Boy, but it was tough. We couldn't wait till one day I made more money. But when I made more money, it wouldn't fill two grocery carts. And so as we look back at life, you ever heard some of us talk about the good old days? Anybody ever talked about the good old days? Come on, let's be honest. Good old days. Well, I want to tell you, this is a good old day. It just ain't old yet. When the world's messed up, when iniquity abounds and love many shall not wax but cold, <coughs> this is a time when God said, I'm going to pour my spirit out. I'm going to save the heathen. I'll build my church because I'm coming again. And I want to tell you tonight, we can sit around and say, if this would change, life would be better. But look for Jesus. This is the time you look for him because he's always there. When you walk through the flood, I'll be there. When it's impossibility, I'll be there. When it looks like there's no answer, I'll be there. And so tonight, we're victorious not for what's happening in Washington or what's happening in Arizona or in the United States. We are happy because we're a child of God and God's going to touch our lives and this is going to be a great time of blessing. How many can't wait to go to heaven? How many like to go to heaven? How many thinks we're going to sing real good in heaven? How many think you, you can't dance a lick here but you'll probably dance in heaven? How many think that? And you won't want to go home early from church and you'll always be on time in heaven. One day we're going to do it. And then they have our memorial service. And we didn't do it. Well, I tell you, it's a good time to rejoice. I said it's a good time to experience God. Before you turn your TV on when you get home, and if you got it recording, don't look at it yet. Just worship him for a few minutes. Just back, grab your Bible, whether it's like this or your iPad Bible or your telephone Bible. Just hold it up and say, I'm glad to be a part of him. And begin to rejoice. And then when you turn it on, if it's not going like you wish it would, you don't even care because you've been in the presence of Jesus Christ. And you know you're a winner. And you know he's going to bless you. And he knows he's going to build his church. And he knows sinners are going to get saved. And when we do that tonight, it doesn't matter what's going on around us. All that matters is who you belong to. I... I had my radio on the other day, and this lady was begging people to help her. Somebody stole her baby. So I'm listening. I'm thinking, who would steal a baby? She's talking about her cat. Now, I'm not against cats or dogs. I've had them both. I got a dog right now. But it's more than that. She, she's grieving. She lost that pet. And I know how you can get attached to them. Because they treat you nice. They don't give you trouble like your kids did. 
I mean, you could, you, I don't want you to do this. You could kick your dog, and it'll still come back and love you. You can pick your cat up and throw him out the window. And when you open the door, it'll run back in. <coughs> but, but you know, I was thinking about that. Her whole life, and I'm not against that, she had nothing, and she let her situation destroy any joy she had. She said, life's not worth living unless I get my cat home. You know what's sad about churches today? Christ can leave the situation, and they don't even invite him back, much less missing. That's what the Bible says, far more godliness, but deny the power. I want to encourage us right now, no matter what's going on around you and what's going to happen tomorrow, don't let it rob you. He's still there. He won't make you feel bad. He won't disappoint you. He won't leave you. He won't say life's hopeless. But he'll remind you with Christ all things are possible. And so tonight, he's alive. Sometimes I wish we was more Pentecostal. You can slow a racehorse down, but you can't get a donkey to run. I'm not saying you're a donkey. I'm just saying there are certain things that just don't work. Listen, this is a time to rejoice. Say to your favorite newscaster, well, I'm sorry for the bad report, but if I could talk to you, I'll give you a good report. That Jesus is still the same. He's still alive. He's still the miracle worker. He's still with me when the floods came or when impossible situations are faced me. He's still with me when I have financial needs or whatever needs I have. Therefore, I'm not going to let that bad report rob me of what God has for me. See, that's what the devil did when he said to Adam. He said, you know, God doesn't mean what he says. He knows told Eve, he said, he knows you'll be a God like him. And so she was moved by a report that God didn't give her. She did opposite of what God says. And you know, that's what the world gives us tonight, isn't it? They give us a bad report and convince us that what God said won't work. Well, I know God said he blessed you, but the world's falling apart. Well, What's that got to do with you and him? Well, the economy is going to go down the tubes. What's that got to do with it? If your job's your source, you're in trouble. He's the source. He's your source. He's could cause a fish to be in a, a fish could be in a coin's mouth. A coin in a fish's mouth, he's your source. So rejoice, rejoice. When the devil comes in, the bad reports come in, the impossibilities come in, lift your hands and rejoice. Because we know whom we belong to. And we know he's able to keep our life that's submitted to him. Therefore, we will not let the world rob us of the blessing that God has for our life. I just want to, give you two words that should encourage you. He's alive. Amen. 
He's alive. I said he's alive. And it doesn't matter what hell says, what the media says, or what your neighbors say. He's alive, and he's going to meet your need and bless you. Regardless of what's going on around you, he never changes. Let's stand together tonight. You know, if someone's here who's never given their life to Jesus, if you'll just bear with me for a moment, you know what? That's what you need to do so that you will know he's with you, that you will know that whatever your need, he's going to meet that need. So I wonder tonight, if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, I want to encourage you to do that. He is your hope. He's the hope of this world. He's the hope of our future. And we need him so that we can call upon him that he will bless us and meet our need. Without, before I close, if you're here and you don't know Christ, I'd like for you to step out and come stand in front with us. And we'll pray with you. And I can guarantee you one thing. If you ask Christ to come in your life, he will come in your life. He will forgive your sins, and he'll become your Savior. So if anybody's here that wants to let Jesus come in your life, come and join this one that came. Anyone else want to come down? And you're simply saying, Jesus, in front of this crowd, I'm going to accept you. And I want to confess that I'm going to make you Lord of my life, and I'm going to trust you with my future. Anybody else want to come? Anyone else? Anyone else? Okay. Let's lift your hands towards our sister. Pray with me, ma'am. Say, Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and forgive my sins and make me your child. I trust you with my life and my future. And I'm thankful that the Word of God says that if I would ask you that you would forgive me, and I've asked you to do that, and I believe right now that you've forgiven every sin I've ever committed and that I belong to you, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's praise him for that. You praise as well. Some of you encourage her. God bless you as you go. Remember, cheer up. Things could be worse. God bless. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.